Baruch Hashem, it is day number 200 of our daily study of Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs. And in the three chapters a day of Mishnah Teda, we are still in Hilchas Tumas Meis, the laws of ritual impurity contracted through exposure to a corpse, chapters 18, 19, and 20. And as you know, we have one mitzvah in these halachas that we've been studying over and over again. So here we go, Positive Commandment 107, the mitzvah to keep all of the laws that have to do with the ritual impurity contracted through exposure to a corpse. I'm going to share with you uh, an idea related to this mitzvah from a different perspective than we normally cover in this class. Normally, we focus on the legalistic perspective, which is in keeping with the spirit of Sefer Mitzvahs, which is a legalistic text. But I want to share with you a little bit of a mystical perspective. In general, Tumavatara, which we sort of clumsily translate as ritual impurity and ritual purity. Uh, and I say it's clumsy because the connotation there is of cleanliness and dirtiness, and that's not really what it is. Uh, Tumavatara really is explained mystically like this. The only true life is godliness. And therefore, anything that is negative is really an absence of that. And in order to sustain itself, it needs to parasitically draw life from the only true source of life, which is godliness. And that is why any time that there is life and then that life vacates and leaves a void, the power of Tuma will rush in to sort of feed on that and to try to take any traces of life that the holiness that has departed has left behind. For instance, I'll give you an example. When a woman gives birth, she becomes ritually impure. Now, if you don't understand that from a mystical perspective, it might seem kind of strange. What did she do so wrong? She did the greatest thing in the world. She brought life into the world. Yeah, but think about it like this. She was carrying this life. The life was, was in her. Now she gave birth to the life. Now it leaves a void behind within her, and that is a prime opportunity for Tuma to come in and to try to feed on that, on that life force, and so she contracts impurity. Or similarly, on a monthly basis, with her natural monthly cycle, when a woman has the ability to have a pregnancy, and then that doesn't happen. So that not happening sort of leaves behind a void where the possibility for life was. And again, impurity will rush in. And uh, she reinstates her uh, condition of of purity, of, of tahara, through, through mikvah. Okay. But I'm just trying to illustrate to you this theme that Tuma occurs where there is holiness and life, which are synonymous. Holiness is life. The only true life is the energy of holiness. And then it leaves. It departs. Okay. Well, if you understand that, then it should be pretty obvious to you why Tumas Mace, the impurity of a corpse, is the most quintessential and severe type of impurity. Because there you had life itself, it departs, and now impurity comes rushing in to feed on the energy that holiness has left behind. 
So that sort of, uh, I think, helps us to make a little bit of sense out of these laws, which are generally described as being chukim. Chukim are supra-rational statutes, uh, ideas that are beyond our normal logic. But this gives us a little glimpse into the, the spiritual logic behind them. Okay, we'll uh, continue studying more of these laws uh, with some related insights tomorrow. We'll see you then, God willing.